Praise the Lord, everybody. How would you like it if I took my liberty quickly? Are you praying to the Lord that they, the last one is just so fast? Speedy Gonzalez and the Roadrunner all combined in one. You know, if you mix the, the two phrases, there's two phrases, you know. Two phrases are last but not least or saving the best for last. But if you combine them, you may come up with saving the least for last, which, which we, we pray is not, is not the deal tonight, praise the Lord. We pray this is not the deal. I have to follow these two amazing guys. That's the point. It's not a degradation of my own self. It's just these two are amazing. Can you thank God for a moment for what we've heard already? It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Listen, I don't, I don't know, um, I don't know if uh, Bishop and Sister Bishop are are watching, but let's 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 make them hear uh, an applause of thanksgiving for them, wherever they are. And and and, but they are in the house tonight, and uh, that is. Uh, pastor and sister, right? Your pastor, who are unbelievable visionary leaders. Why don't you thank the Lord for them right now? So awesome. And I, I get around people like them, and I just think to myself, I stink. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, God help us. Isaiah 54. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1, and um, uh, do you know what it means when somebody says, look, I'm going to be brief? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> no, for real, I'm going to be brief tonight. Isaiah chapter 54, uh, and let's just begin in verse 1, and uh, if we can pull that up on the screen if, you, if, if they're still there. Thank you. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Verse 2. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. And um, uh, I, I don't have a title. Both of these guys came up with the title. I thought, God, I better have a title. And so, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna give a title tonight. It would be uh, um, uh, not bigger faith, bigger expectation. Because Jesus said you don't need bigger faith, right? Not bigger faith. They said, Lord, increase our faith. The Lord said, if you had the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you'd say to the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the roots and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. Right? So he says, it's not about big faith. It's not about big faith. It's about an enlarged perspective tonight. And uh, so, so I'll just talk about that for just a moment if you're seated, Okay.
I, I want to tag into something that both of these amazing men of God have already said. Does anybody in here ever ski? Not, not snow ski, but uh, like water ski? Anybody here water ski? You know, you can ski in choppy water as long as you stay in the wake, right? I mean, it's easy to, it's easy to ski as long as you stay in the wake. So what I'm going to do tonight is I'm just going to stay in the wake. Is that all right? These are two awesome men of God, and I just stay in the wake. I'd be like, man, that dude can ski, like one-footed, whatever. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tag into something that both of them have said. And, and, and they, they haven't said it explicitly, but both of them have said it implicitly. And that is that some things only operate properly in tension. Speaking of skiing, right? Some things only operate properly in tension. Now, so skiing. We were one time we were out on a uh, on in the, in the uh, with a boat. A friend of ours that had owned a boat. We're out on the water, and and uh, so he said to my wife, he said, "Hey, would you like to learn how to how to drive the boat?" And I'm back here skiing, and I'm like, "No." And he's looking at me like, yeah. And my wife's like, I'm going to drive. So, so he says, okay, what you want to do is, is there's a little bit of you know, pressure because he's back here. And so you got to pull him up out of the water. And, and so, you know, and he kind of knows how to, you, you know, you've kind of, you kind of tweak the propeller just right so that it's, you know, the right amount of, you're not, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to pull them out of the water, but you're not trying to pull the, the rope out of their hands. And so my wife, you know, she just went, whoo, like that. And and I didn't I didn't let go, so I was like I was belly skiing. I was like belly skiing, you know. So, so so there's 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 a thing about you know tension, but it can't be enough tension that it you, you know it pulls it out of your hands. And but some things only operate properly in tension. For example, a kite flies because it has tension on both ends, right? One tension point on the earth side of the string and one tension point on the sky side of the string. The reality is that so many of us today in this building are living in uh, what we've referred today. uh, Somebody mentioned today about the now and not yet of the kingdom. That there is the kingdom that is here. Jesus said the kingdom of God is with men. But then Jesus said, but if my kingdom were of this world, then would my disciples fight. And so we understand that there's a tension, right? There's a tension between where we are now and where we're going. There's, there's a tension between the world that we live in and the world that we're going to. There's, there's a tension. And, and, and it's, not that we're, uh, it's not that we're pulling it or that it's pulling us. But Jesus did tell us to pray. And when you pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Uh Aha. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The reality is, is that there is something that is pulling us toward it. And yet while we're here and occupied this space on earth, we're pulling it toward us. And there is this tension that exists as 
Heaven is pulling us toward it and pulling us up out of the decay of this world. And yet at the same time, we've been called to bring heaven to bear upon the lives and situations and circumstances of people that are around us. Can I get a witness in the house? Can I get an amen? Can I get a help on a Thursday night? My goodness, thank you, Jesus. If they get on the organ, we're going to be in trouble right now. Yeah. You've got to have something that's pulling on the earth side of the string, and you've got to have something that pull, pulls on the heaven side of the string. I wish I could take some time tonight, but I don't want to take your time because these two men have done good enough. All I've got to do is just, I've got to be like the umpire. I'm going to clean off home plate. Can I tell somebody in this building tonight, amen, that sometimes there are times in our lives where we're living in this place where we say, God, we've got coworkers and friends and family and people that don't know you and situations that are broken and circumstances that don't feel right. But we understand, God, I don't have the power to change that, but you do. And I don't have the power to heal them, but you do. And I don't have the power to fix it, but you do. And so what we do, the only thing that we could do is stand in that room role of a mediator that says God can you allow heaven to pass through me into these places situations and circumstances see now in our in our text tonight in Isaiah chapter 54 it would have made a lot more sense probably if we would be tent dwelling people some of you like may like to do camping and and um, uh, my 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 form of camping roughing it is you know, hanging out in Bishop's motor coach or something. It's, I've, got a, I've got a fifth wheel, and so that's, that's roughing it for me, boy. I'll tell you right now. I'll be like, this campground doesn't have Wi-Fi? <laughs> Golly, man, I must be staying in the sticks, right? <laughs> right? Amen. Tent analogies would have had far more impact on the people of biblical times than they do on us today because we're not tent dwellers, at least not full-time tent dwellers as they were. They were, and to some degree, still common uh, dwelling places in biblical lands, and still we know that what tents are. We know what tents are, and we know how they operate. A tent is stronger. Watch. A tent is stronger... When the tension between the tent and the stakes is tighter. It can only be enlarged with longer ropes. Come on and talk to me somebody. It can only be enlarged with longer ropes and more tension. When tension starts rising in your life, don't automatically assume that that's conflict. When tension starts arising in your life, begin to say to yourself, don't say, why the devil fighting me? Don't say, why is the devil coming against me? Don't say, why, why is the devil attacking me again? Why is the devil coming at my children again? Amen. When you start feeling tension, begin to say, God, it feels like more heaven's going to be pulled into my life right now. It feels like more heaven's going to be pulled into this situation right now, God. Lord, I know you're not trying to pull the string out of my hand. So, Lord, I'm going to hang on and help pull heaven down into this situation. Come on, somebody. Woo! Hallelujah. See, the part, the, the, the word that jumps out at me in this, in the text in Isaiah chapter 54 is the word enlarge. 
There was a commandment that was made in association with enlargement. Stretch your ropes out. And strengthen the stakes. Because I want you to prepare for a larger tent. God was not telling them simply to reinforce the things that were there. But stretch out for what's coming. I don't think there's anything wrong. Now listen, don't get me wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with reinforcement preaching. I don't think there's anything wrong with reinforcing what we believe and reinforcing. We live in a day where the Bible says, amen, that, that, that they're not, they're not going to be lovers of truth. They're not going to be lovers of God. They're going to be lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. And so I believe that the more we see things coming toward the end, that there's going to be a need for reinforcement of who we are and what we believe. But let us not only just be, oh, help me somebody in the Holy Ghost right now. Don't let it just simply be for reinforcement. But God, when we start feeling the tug, hallelujah, when we start feeling the tug, let it be a mindset that arises, Lord, you're preparing us not just simply to withstand the wind of the end time, but withstand the enlargement that's on its way. I wish I had some help in this building tonight from somebody that believes that there's enlargement on the way. We don't just need, ah, we don't need to just batten down the hatches and hang on and wait for the rapture. God has given us promise in His Word that the Bible says that He's going to send the former and the latter rain together. God get us ready for bigger. This passage in Isaiah chapter 54 is a part of a a grouping of prophecies that, that gets its intentionality and its purpose from the tension that exists because of the Babylonian exile. Jerusalem had been destroyed and the large portions of its society had been carried off captives into Babylon. This is why it's vital to understand Isaiah 54. Because it's not just a good scripture to quote when you want to preach about revival and church growth. It's a passage that does for their faith exactly what the metaphor was saying. They feel like they've been cursed with barrenness. But they're told that they will be fruitful. Get ready. See, here's the thing. Get ready. Because you think that the, ch- the, the, the children of, the, uh, the, the, children of the, the, the exiled wife, the children of the unmarried wife are more than the children of the married wife. He said, but I'm going to tell you something right now. There's coming a day when the children of the married wife will outnumber the children. So, but you've got to stretch out your tents for it. You've got to stretch out your perspective for it. They felt like they've been, they've, they've, they've shrunk, but they've been told to enlarge. They feel like they've been weakened, but they're told to strengthen. They feel like their better days are behind them, but they're told that there's coming such an enlargement that their borders will even include the great cities of the Gentiles. He said, don't just desire Jerusalem back, desire Damascus and desire, oh, come on somebody, desire the great cities around you. There's got to be something in a heart that does not simply say, I just would like to have that back. Bo shut 
There's a word from the Lord today in this house that says we're not just wanting something back that we used to have. God, we want stuff that we've never had. It was, I'm just tagging on to what you said, my man. Amen. Listen, listen. It's one thing to be in Babylonian exile and say, "Boy, if we could just get Jerusalem back, if we could just get our our our, our we could, if we could just get our capital city back, boy, if we could just if we could just get that place back, we could at least start from there." But God said, "No, I'm not going to let you have strong vision because what I'm getting ready to do is going to require you to have a perspective that says I'm taking you where you've never been before." I'm going to take you to the blessings of Abraham are going to dwell into places come on they'd never even heard of New York City they'd never even heard of London they'd never even heard of Paris but there's truth there today I'm here to tell somebody in this house right now we've got to have a heart and a mind and a spirit that says mighty God give us faith for what we've never seen before I'm, I'm done with this. You, you, you can stand with me. I'm done with this. Enlarge comes from a primitive Hebrew root word, Rahab. Rahab. Which means to expand, broaden, or to stretch out. It also happens to be the name of a woman saved in the Canaan conquest. At the Jericho battle, we don't call her Rahab, we call her Rahab. So I will use the more common pronunciation tonight to reinforce my point. In Isaiah chapter 54, God said, Rahab, your tents. So what is the relevance of that? I'll tell you what it is. She housed and hid the spies that came at the end of the 40-year wandering in the wilderness. Those spies that went, amen. Remember, they had the, they had the Jordan crossing. The, the, the children of Israel had come in, but they weren't, they weren't conquesting yet. They were close, but they weren't there. I finally told one evangelist, I said, look, I said, I'm going to forbid you to do something this week of revival. He said, what's that? I said, I forbid you to say, revival's coming. I'm so sick of evangelists coming and telling us, revival's coming, revival's coming. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tell you something right now. People ain't going to shout with you. Ain't nobody going to get no organ. I asked twice. I'm going to beg the third time for some help. Amen. Somebody gets on that organ and it starts, you know that tension that starts pulling you up? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Woo. Amen. You don't even have to know how to play. Just play on the black keys. <laughs> I feel good in here tonight because I pastor a multicultural church. Praise God. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. And uh, so I'm just going to use, I'm going to use her name. 
I'm going to use her name. Because after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, there were spies that were sent in. The Bible said, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. Was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, or let me say it like this. Let, let, me, let me just interpret her name. So the king of Jericho sent to enlargement, saying, <laughs> Bring out the men who have come to you and have entered your house, for they have come to search out the country. Then the woman had, who, had the two, uh, who hid the two men hid, uh, hid them and said, Yes, the men came to me, but I don't know where they're from. And it happened as the gate being shut, when it was dark, the men went out. And where they went, I don't know. Go ahead and pursue them quickly. You might overtake them. But she brought them to the roof and hid them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid on the floor. Then the men pursued them by the road of Jordan to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone, they shut the gate. Now look, look. I'm going to let your pastor explain why it was okay for... <laughs> I'm going to let him. Next Wednesday, come on back and he's going to talk about why it was okay for Rahab to lie. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I just preach it. I just, I just, I just water ski in the wake. I let the big dogs handle the big stuff. But here it is. Listen. Listen. Do you remember her words to them? Watch, watch. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. That's what she said. I know that the Lord has given you the land. That the terror of you has fallen on us. That all the inhabitants of the land are faint hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And when you, what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, watch, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father father's house she said let me bring my family in make a covenant with us that when the city gets destroyed because i know it's coming down these walls are fixing to fall oh by the way joshua had not met the angel yet that told joshua to march around the walls yet sometimes you got to get a word of enlargement before you get a word of direction. Are you tracking with me? In law, oh my God, somebody. Rahab, enlargement looked at them and said, I know you've been hanging out for 40 years in the wilderness. We've heard about you when Pharaoh's army was drowned in the Red Sea. We heard the stories about you. And when we heard the stories, our hearts melted. In fact, we've been wondering where you've been for 40 years. I'm going to tell somebody right now. You better rest assured that when those two men got back to Joshua, they said, you will never believe the prophetess. Now, don't ask us what she did for a business. 
God uses some crumbs. I'll let you preach about that. That's point two. Next week, point two. How God could use anything. He loves you just the way you are, but He loves you too much to leave you that way. Come on and talk to me, somebody. If you're in this building tonight and you don't know God and you haven't been serving the Lord, let me just tell you right now, wherever you've been and whatever you've done didn't disqualify you from what God wants to do in your life. Come on. If you give yourself to Jesus right now, if you give yourself to the Lord right now, if you say, God, I felt enough tonight. I've experienced enough tonight. I felt enough in the Spirit. I don't even know all about this, but I know enough. I want to throw in with it. I want enlargement with these people. Hey, I'm going to take the microphone and get on the organ all by myself right now. Can I get help in this place right now? My God, thank you, Jesus. Listen, listen. There's got to be something inside of us that goes back and reports. There was a prophetess that we met in the city and her name was Enlargement. And enlargement said, no, 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 no. Enlargement said, here, let me hide you on the roof. Enlargement lied to the king to give us a way out. Enlargement took care of us. Enlargement got us ready. Enlargement told us that God was coming. Enlargement told us that they've been expecting us. Enlargement said, we've been watching you on our ring doorbell. Enlargement said, we've seen you by our security camera. Enlargement Enlargement said, we've been hearing the stories about the power of God that wrestled you. There's somebody in your neighborhood. There's somebody in your neighborhood named Enlargement. There's a Rahab in your neighborhood. There's a Rahab at your workplace. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus called it a person of peace. But it's a person that said, these are the men. These are the ones. This is the kingdom. You better listen to them. I'm here to tell somebody in the building right now. You don't have to... You don't have to be the first witness in Jericho. You don't have to be the first witness in the places that God's promised and prophesied. God will put a word in the heart of a Rahab that will speak faith into your spirit and cause you to rise up and say, Enlargement has spoken. My wife makes fun of me sometimes in a sweet way. She's so wonderful. My wife is so amazing. My dad was a basketball coach, so I wasn't raised in church. My wife's a pastor's daughter, and she's awesome. I still got some rough edges all these years later. Remember that Disney show? Beauty and the beast. Anyway. <laughs> My wife laughs at me sometimes. I listen to some of Bishop's names for some of the stuff. I'm not making fun of Bishop. But, you know, some of the stuff, pos and whatever. I'm like, what does all that mean? And I do the same thing. I told my wife, I said, we're going to have koinonia connect. She's like, babe, nobody knows what koinonia connect means. I'm like, they will when we do it. I'm coming up with coming to all of them. 
<laughs> well, somebody better give me some help in this place right now. I wish I had a witness in the house. Somebody who believed what I'm preaching right now. Hey, the devil thought he had me. So we said, we're going to do this thing called Koinonia Connect. And so we did children's revival in the sanctuary. 30 minute, we called it rapid fire revival. See, weird names. I said, for four weeks, we're going to have rapid fire revival. And when we have rapid fire revival for 30 minutes, we're going to do it from, 10 to, uh, or from 1030 to 11 o'clock. We start our worship at 11. And I said, and in the foyer, we're going to have Koinonia Connect. We're going to have, we had, we had donuts and we had coffee and uh, pray for us. We're not totally sanctified. We got a cafe and all that crazy stuff and whatever, you know. And, um, and, and so, and, and I'm standing out in the foyer and this couple walks in. And it's this tall, skinny, white guy and, a, and his beautiful, I thought she was African-American girlfriend, found out she's from Guam. I walked up to him and I started talking to him and I said, how are you guys doing? Are you, is this your first time here? Are you, um, I don't ever wear a tie to preach. I just did tonight because I, I, I was the least of the brethren. I got the least corn in the crib, so you got to. <laughs> All right, I pulled out a new shirt, and I've, it didn't look right on me. And so, anyhow. So I say that to say, I walked up to him. I started talking to him. I'm like, man, I'm so glad you're here. Is this your first time here? Yes, yeah, first time. And we started talking. I said, my goodness. And so I started grabbing some people. I said, come here and meet my friends. And, and, and I said, I, I, I told him, I said, I, I want you to meet Rob. Come here and meet Rob. And so they said, they, they said, hey, Rob, how you doing? I said, Rob, this is, I started to introduce them. Next thing you know, there's like 15 people gathered around them. They're loving on them and they're whatever. And, uh, and, and, and Rob told me later, he said, I knew. The moment I walked into the church, he said, I knew this was the place God wanted me to be. Crazy thing about it is, I, I didn't know anything about Rob. He had, he had kind of long hair and had a, you know, a, a, a beard. He kind of looked a little hippie, you know. He had, some, he had jeans on that had kind of cuts in them. And he had a, like a, a wool plaid jacket with leather sleeves and, and an untucked shirt. And he was just, he was cool, kind of hippie, you know, whatever. And uh, little did I know that later that afternoon, or later, later that service, Rob went to the men's restroom, and in the men's restroom, there was a guy coming out of the men's restroom, and Rob looked at him, and Rob said to him, he says, you don't know me, do you? The guy said, no, I, do, I, don't, I don't think I do. And he introduced himself. He says, your grandfather was my pastor in Louisville, Kentucky. And the guy had been to our church three weeks in a row. He goes, well, looks like God blew my cover. He was just sitting on the back row. Acting like he didn't know anything about Pentecost, you know. Everybody get to clapping and he'd look around like, oh, whatever. 
Yeah, didn't know, didn't know both of them had sung together at IBC. Both of them had sung together on the, listen, both of them had sung together on the platform at Kentucky camp meeting together. Come on, somebody. Here's what I'm telling somebody in the building right now. You, you get ready. I prophesy in the name of Jesus right now. You get ready because God is going to start sending. You know what Rob was? Rob was a Rahab. Rob started saying, let me tell you what God's been saying. Let me tell you how God was dealing with me. Let me tell you how God was dealing with my my future wife, Sadie. By the way, we put, we put Rob in, in, in discipleship, second week in discipleship. They walked in and said, there's one, the first question we always ask in discipleship, and that is, what is something that Jesus is dealing with you about? Rob looked at his disciple maker and said, Jesus told me this week to throw my medical marijuana card away. Yo, see, that, that don't freak this church out, right? That kind of stuff doesn't freak you out. Y'all, you know what I'm talking about. If we're going to be a missional church, we better get ready for people, for God to deal with them throwing a medical marijuana card away. The disciple maker looked at him and said, Rob, why'd you throw your medical marijuana card away? He said, because I feel like Jesus said, I can do a better job at what you're trying to get that to do if you'll just let me fill you with my spirit. The next week he was in the altar and God filled him with the Holy Ghost and his fiance got the Holy Ghost and oh by the way the pastor's son that he knew got the Holy Ghost and God is moving. Somebody look at your neighbor and say Rahab is your enlargement. Rahab was a human person. In fact, I'm flying out. I have an early flight tomorrow because I'm marrying them tomorrow night. Come on. Come on. They've been living together, but they said, you know what? We're going to separate till we get married. We're going to do this right. God's been giving Sadie dreams. God's been speaking to her. She's been witnessing to people at work. God's been moving in ways. I'm telling somebody in this building right now, you better get ready for Rahab to start speaking into this church and telling you, enlargement's coming. Hallelujah. So, so right now, if you're in this building right now, because we don't have to hype up spirit. We don't have to hype up. We feel enthusiasm when faith rises, right? But we don't have to hype anything up. Right now, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord has triggered something tonight, whether it's through, watch, watch, whether it's through miracle signs and wonders, whether it's through the tension of realizing what looks like it's dying today is preparing you for resurrection on the other side. On the other side, can I say it like this? There was a generation that died in the wilderness. 
40 years in the wilderness and a generation died but there was a generation that was more passionate watch watch there was a generation that was more passionate for the promises of the promised land than from manna that came down from heaven and water that flowed out of a rock as cool as it is as cool as the manna is and as cool as the water that flows from a rock there was a generation that rose up and said God didn't make us and call us to be a people that were a possessor of manna and water from rocks God called us to be a possessor of a promised land So if there's a Rahab in your heart, if there's a Rahab in your spirit, if there's a Rahab in your life, if you haven't met her yet, if you haven't met him yet, Rahab's like one of those names. It could be a male name or a female name. Because it just means enlargement. There's a Rahab somewhere, and you're going to get introduced to him or get introduced to her pretty soon. I wonder if you could lift up your hands. I'm going to turn this over to your pastor. And I'm going to let pastor just direct the rest of this just as he sees fit. I'm just a messenger for that message, but he's got the word of vision for this church. Come on, pastor.